so I am older, Evan. We are two two years and seven months apart, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it was Fourth of July, nineteen seventy-seven. So in, in, you know, growing up, uh, Independence Day. You know, until I was old enough to really understand what the lyrics meant, uh, I always thought it was about my birthday. Uh, you know, Fourth of July, Asbury Park. Uh, you know, Sandy. Uh, yeah. another, another little reference there that I've always appreciated. You have yeah. two songs about your birthday, you son of a. Welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and today we are talking Blood Brothers, Brothers Under the Bridge. Uh, pick your Springsteen song because I have returning guest Matt and his brother Evan joining us. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. We're excited. I am, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So let's start out with you, Evan, because you haven't been here before. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, sure. So uh, Evan Breslow, born and raised in uh, Monmouth County, New Jersey, uh, certainly uh, close to the Jersey Shore, um, just a town over from Asbury Park. And, uh, you know, Bruce was always uh, a large influence uh, and a well-known local celebrity all through, uh, you know, childhood and growing up. Um you know, after college, moved uh, a little further west in the county, and, uh, and now live uh, in the next town over to Freehold, uh, where Bruce, uh, you know, grew up, um, and uh, you know, go to many of the haunts that he's had. Have missed him uh, in person uh, at a number of different places over time. Uh, you know, I have friends that have seen him at the gym pretty regularly, or uh, the Jersey Freeze ice cream shop uh, that he's talked about uh, quite a bit. Um, but I've never caught him in person. But you're chasing. You're like, so you're still hoping, right? Some, some, someday. Exactly. Pass the and, you know, turn around in line at a store. There will be, be and, yeah. Um, uh, so, so, Evan, you are like Bruce. You're back to your hometown, like he talked about that, um, you know, um, on Broadway. Matt, mm-hmm. I didn't ask you this last time. What, what, what gave you the travel bug that got you so far away? Oh, man. Um, I mean, the song is called Born to Run, not Born to Come Back. I've I've been telling that joke since before Bruce did it on Broadway. I was like, man, he stole that one from me. Um, But no, I I just, for some reason, I just knew Jersey was was not where I I would flourish. Um, Okay. And so I left. I left when I was 20. I moved to Chicago. I went. I finished up school in Chicago, and then I kept going. I went to LA. Was in LA for about four years, and I moved up to Portland when I was 27, which is now 13 years ago. Yeah. So, and and I have family. We have we have family. Evan's my brother. We have the same family. Uh, yeah. We we have family in Portland. Our uncle moved out here back in the 70s and set up family, and so we have cousins that are here that are about the same age as Evan and I, and I came out and visited when I was a kid with, with our grandmother. 
Yeah. And just always fell in love with the, with the vibe on the West Coast. Yeah. And it so, suits me. All right. Well, that's good. So, uh, kind of off the topic, but I know Portland's kind of in, you know, their West Coast. Um, I'm really enjoying the Seattle Krakens. I, I'm not a hockey fan, but I yeah. love that name in Jersey. Yeah. Uh, you know, any, any, how, how is it feeling? Do you guys have a, you don't have a hockey hockey team in Seattle or in Portland, do you? We, we do not. We have a minor league team, the Winterhawks. Okay. Um, okay. They're pretty fun. Yeah. We have, uh, obviously, we have the Portland Trailblazers. Yes. And uh, a couple of good soccer teams. The we I actually am a season ticket holder to the Portland Thorns at the women's soccer team. Oh, nice. Um, it's the best. I love it. I love going to those games. It's tons of fun. Something else we're missing, right, is sports. Um, yes, for sure. Yeah. Like, Evan, how about you? I uh, got some – you want to give your allegiance to sports while we're, uh, we're on that subject? Sure. So, uh, you know, living in New Jersey, uh, we, we've always had very few, uh, I guess, you know, hometown teams other than yeah. the Devils. Uh, yeah, we should have more teams that, you know, play in New Jersey but call themselves New yes, York teams. Yes, exactly. Uh, which I still have never quite understood. Uh, but, you know, diehard New York Met fan, uh, root for the Giants in football, uh, Devils in hockey. You know, Penn State, uh, my alma mater, in, uh, uh, nice. college, college football and, uh, and basketball. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, and that's about it. We gave you Jason Garrett, so the Giants yes. now have Garrett. I, uh, good luck with all that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wish him the best. I, I wish he is truly one of the nicest guys. I've never met him in person, but if um, mm-hmm. I, I've shared the story on the show once before, before um once a year he gets on the sports one of our sports stations and they do nothing but talk about springsteen and dylan and music and he is a fascinating guy you know he is passionate about bruce and they when during the last tour he took a bunch of cowboys and they all flew to a a, you know a show so I, i he got another two years of my support by being a Springsteen fan. Like everyone else was like two years ago, like, ah, we need to get rid of him. Like, well, he likes Bruce. Maybe we should cut him slack. And, you know, Uh so, um, when, um, you know, Stan Goldstein, right. Does the tour of the Jersey. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to take that once. And he said, and for the only person in the car that will care. And he points to the left that's where Jason Garrett grew up. He yeah. said, I know you're the only person in the car that would care, Dusty. I was like, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, very cool. So yeah. um, what's – who's older, who's younger? What's the dynamics of the age? Uh, so I am older, Evan. Uh, we are uh, about two two years and seven months apart, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was born uh, – 4th of July, 1977. Oh, nice. Uh, so, in, in, you know, growing up, uh, Independence Day, you know, I, until I was old enough to really understand what the lyrics meant. Yeah. Uh, I always thought it was about my birthday. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, 4th of July, Asbury Park, uh, you know, Sandy. Uh, yeah. another, another little reference there that I've always appreciated. You have yeah. two uh, songs about your birthday, you son of a yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's nice. Yep. I forgot about Independence Day. I knew about it. I was thinking about Fourth of July, Asbury Park, but you also have Independence Day. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, <laughs> That's Matthew, pretty awesome. Ma- Matthew could have had one. Matthew was uh, due to be born on Valentine's Day. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess that's what on uh, I think that's on Lucky Town or Human Touch. Uh, but he, he arrived yeah. four days early. So uh, Oh, yeah. dang it, he messed it up. But, it by the way, February 10th is my son's birthday. So, they are, uh, you know, so they're a good, uh, good day to start. Uh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, I'm lucky enough. I'm seeing you guys on camera, but for the it, it appears you guys have a pretty good relationship. Was <laughs> were were y'all close growing up, or was it that you know just tip sometimes brothers like um, we had we had our good years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we had our I, stretches. Yeah, I, I don't think we had any. Uh, you know, any more disagreements or, uh, you know, or sibling rivalry than, than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if anything, probably a little bit less. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always got along, had a lot of similar interests right, growing yeah. up. Uh, you know, big basketball fans. Yeah. Uh, you know, going to the beach. Um, we, we did a lot together. Have and, either uh, have either one of you or maybe both of you heard uh, Bruce's uh, Sirius XM from my home to yours? Yes. He, okay. Um, yeah. it, it's yeah. Matt shaking his head. No, it is worth finding. Because um, I was going to ask you, being that close to the shore, um, the last today as we record this, he the whole episode was about Patty and him talking and sharing mm-hmm. stories, and then they had had the one where Southside Johnny and Little Steven shared stories, but he had one growing yep. up in the summer and sharing mm-hmm. all these stories about his cut-off jeans and going to the beach. Did that strike um, any memories with you, Evan, um, since you've heard it? Sure. And Matthew, maybe yeah. you jump in about you know going to the shore and you know once summer's there and heading out there. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the town we grew up in is, is literally the next town over from Asbury Park. Uh, so we were called you know, Ocean Ocean Township. Uh, so we were, you know, five minutes away from, uh, you know, all of the, the venues and, uh, you know, little clubs that, that Bruce and Southside and, uh, and Stephen, you know, grew up in and playing. Um, you know, I certainly have distinct memories of, of going to the boardwalk in Asbury and Convention Hall, uh, you know, as a kid. Uh, you know, it was certainly Asbury was already in the throes of, a, I think, a pretty rough period. Um, you know, I remember taking uh, bowling lessons at Asbury Lanes as a kid for you know one year, and uh, you know going into Asbury at that point it, it was you know pretty much a war zone. Um, so going there now, uh, you know, on a somewhat regular basis, you know, I'm still only probably about a half hour away uh, today. Uh, you know, it's remarkable to see you know the change that a lot of Asbury has seen. Certainly not all, uh, but a lot of Asbury. Um, you know, I grew up. My dad was in the army, so we moved around a lot. But when I think of growing up, is like when I started high school. It was in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and so and that's where my wife is from. That's where we met. We lived there for a couple of years, and then once we got married, so probably from '77 to like '86 was in Lake Charles. And so when we go visit my mom, I'm a little bit the same way you are. I'm like, I I can't believe how the city's changed and how they've Mm -hmm. like, we're like, I can't believe there's a, you know, some of these, uh, cause Lake Charles was always a very, very kind of backward town. Like, wow, that's a pretty cool shop to be having. And Oh, they, Mm -hmm. they've, they've got live bands playing. How fun. So Mm -hmm. I guess it must be nice to see it kind of revitalized. 
Uh, it is. It absolutely is. Um, you know, that some of the, you know, the old clubs that, you know, mm-hmm. the Stone Pony, uh, the Wonder Bar, yeah. uh, you know, I've seen lots of different bands and have been there, you know, yeah. numerous times. Um, so, you know, there, there's still that, you know, beachside, uh, you know, dive bar kind of yeah. uh, atmosphere and, and, uh, and vibe in certain places. Um, but then you've got, you know, million dollar hotels going up and art yeah. galleries and, yeah. you know, all kinds of, uh, uh, gentrification. Matt, do you, um, before pre pandemic, how often mm-hmm. did you get home? Uh, about once a year. Um, at least for the last couple of years, it's been, it's been tough for, um, you know, have we have a three-year-old, so travel has been, travel's been rough. Um, but yeah, I second everything that Evan said. Asbury is Asbury's awesome. Yeah, and and you know I'm glad you. Um, there's that period. In fact, I think one of the reasons why I did not see Bruce as much is when we we moved we moved to Dallas in '86. Never would have seen him in Louisiana. I mean, there's no way he's touring. You know, anywhere close. Even though we were only three hours from Houston, you know, a 19 year old doesn't think about, oh, I could drive three hours to go to a show, um, mm-hmm. especially another state. And then when we moved to Dallas in '86, we had the boy in '89, and so um, even when he was touring with the other band, and I found out later he did a small set at the Bronco Bowl, which was a mm-hmm. small club in Dallas that, you know, would have been really intimate and cool to see. Um, just worried about the kid and finances and and you know and and traveling you're like oh i remember we went down to san antonio once to go to like sea world and oh my god it was this it was a nightmare because you know the kids screaming and and you know and linda and everything and like no no traveling no traveling we're just (laughs) we're gonna stay home any traveling it's gonna be go home to see the grandparents and come back home so i hear you i hear you a lot as as our father is fond of saying kids don't change your life they end your life yeah Uh, that (laughs) is a a true statement and then um and i just i was we're interviewing to hire new people at my job and um, this lady was talking about she had a 14-year-old son, and I was like, it it gets better. It gets mm-hmm. better. I mean, he 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 grows up, and, and my son's now 31, and you know he's a joy. It just he's you know in every way possible. But that teenage years, oh my goodness, it was rough. It was yeah. very rough. Yeah. Well, I've got a 14-year-old daughter Lauren, uh, an 11-year-old daughter Samantha, and uh, three stepkids: uh, Joseph, who's also 14; Christopher, yeah. who just turned 17; uh, and Olivia, who's uh, almost 22. Uh, yeah. So we, we we span the gamut here, but uh, yeah. you know, with, with three almost four teenagers in the house, uh, two, two girls and two boys, it, uh, it there are some interesting days and nights when everybody's yeah. around. I, I will not make a joke about you used to have hair. Uh, yeah. I'll skip it on. But um, how are you guys doing in the pandemic? Uh, is Are you guys all in one fun home? Uh, so the kids sort of go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my fiance and I, both of our uh, exes, live uh, in town and, and are local. Uh, so the kids, you know, are back and forth, yeah. uh, you know, half here and half with their, their, their other mother or father. Yeah. Um, yeah, my fiance Ilya is uh, an ICU nurse. Um, wow! So she, uh, you know, manages a unit at, at a local hospital, and uh, so it, it was initially, you know, pretty scary through you know, March and April. I can uh, imagine. 
you know, with uh, the influx of patients that they saw. And you know, she had some rough days, but uh, she's been doing it a long time, and uh, she, she's really good at her job. And uh, you know, she she has dealt with it, you know, as best as possible, and we've gotten through the initial kind of fear of. You know, oh my God, you got to strip down in the garage, which sure, means you don't have to work and throw everything in bleach. And, um, you know, obviously still taking uh, a lot of precaution, but, yeah. uh, this, this is the life that you got to live. It is. So, Matt, you were telling me before we hit record, you're a full time dad now. You don't make, the only grilled cheese you're cooking are for the kid, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't make grilled cheese at home, no. <laughs> I took a break and I'm taking a full one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, have anybody heard the first episode? I, I'm the owner of a food cart in Portland called the grilled cheese grill. Um, we, we would have had our 11 year anniversary of being open on April 20th of this year, but we were not open. We've been closed since mid March. Um, I'm planning on reopening, but I just don't have a timeline. Uh, when, when the shutdown happened, my, my, our three year old son's preschool closed. Yeah. And so, my wife is working from home full time, and I'm full time dadding a three year old. Yeah, it it is for a while there. The first for the first two months, uh, for middle of March till the middle of May, there was my son had moved back home, and as he said, I'm I'm glad I did because once the pandemic hit, I would have left my apartment anyway. And, and come with you guys instead of just staying there by myself. So yeah. he's in the front part of the house, kind of you guys yeah. can see. You know, he's here. I'm in the living room working from home, and my wife is like, I can't leave the bedroom. I <laughs> just, I, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so it's been very, very strange. Uh, yeah. And I just keep saying that it's just a weird summer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It's very weird. Uh, well, we certainly wish your your fiance the very best that's that's a scary thing and and i hope she stays safe and thank her for all the hard work and yeah, uh yeah and matt i'm pulling for you and you know getting the truck back up and running it is it more because you you need to take care of the little one or has things yeah. opened up in portland are, are there now are there food trucks working are there restaurants working I mean, there are places that stayed open for takeout the whole time. There are places that never closed. Um, but in order for us to make it work, I, there's yeah. no way there's no way I couldn't not be there to right. to handle the reopen. I mean, things things inevitably will have to change. You know, you 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 go from we're a, it's we I have a stationary food cart, so we never move. Right. Um, you know, we have a full-size school bus as our indoor dining room, and I have eight picnic tables out. But, you know, we used to do a very good business throughout the summer selling to, you know, people who would sit on the patio. Yeah, but sure. It's, it, it would have to switch to an entire takeout model, and we'd have to change our way of work. You know, we'd have to change a lot of stuff, and I just haven't. Yeah, it with, makes with sense. With having to take care of my kid a lot, it's just yeah. hard. So. All right, so this is a music podcast, so we're going to move yeah. over that. Who found Bruce first, and who led the other one to it? I I would I mean like I, like I said last time, like Bruce was just always a part of our lives. Like you, you said this, like I don't remember a time where Bruce Springsteen wasn't a member of 
our environment. It was like the Mets, you know, we, we were born into it. We were born into Monmouth County, New Jersey, born to run comes or uh, born in the USA comes out and he's the biggest thing in the world. And he's yeah. from 15 minutes away. So of course we're going to jump onto that. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I, I distinctly remember getting, uh, I think as a holiday gift. Uh, so you know, it was probably, I think at the end of 84, uh, the born in the USA, uh, single, I think the, the, the seven inch L 45 LP, okay. uh, you know, it's certainly dating ourselves now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with an actual record, uh, at the time. Um, and I remember having that, you know, with the, you know, the red, white and blue front and, you know, Bruce on the cover and, um, you know, playing that on a little Fisher price record player, <laughs> you yeah. know, endlessly, um, you know, and, and that, you know, that album came out, I was, you know, probably seven years old. So, you know, you're just, as a kid, starting to be aware of the world around you. Right. You know, not really a baby anymore. It's seven, eight years old. Uh, you know, and at that time, uh, certainly in the car with mom and dad, uh, you know, there was no no devices, no satellite radio. Yeah, was, exactly. You know, the, uh, you know the, the, the pop and rock stations out of uh, New York City. And Bruce was on all the time uh, at that point. So, you know, it was, it was always an influence. What... Um, I talked about Matt this last time, but Evan, how about you? How many how many shows have you gone to? And I always stress the amount of shows you are is not yep. a fair barometer of how kind of big of a fan you are because circumstances can be that. For sure. Um, so I have seen him um, 23 times where he was, you know, Bruce on the bill yeah. you know, with the band. Uh, I had been fortunate enough to uh, have two uh, surprise appearances. Oh, nice. Uh, my fiance and I saw uh, Little Steven and the Disciples of Soul uh, about three years ago mm-hmm. uh, at the, the Count Basie Theater in Red Bank. Uh, yeah. So right in you know Bruce's backyard, and, and Bruce you know was standing on the side of the theater, you know towards the back throughout the show. You could see him on the other side of the room, uh, and sure enough, he came out at the end for the encore. I think they did four or five songs together. Uh, and then this past January, uh, after years of thinking about doing it and just never you know, getting around to it or pulling the trigger. Uh, I got two tickets to the light of day music festival in uh, in Asbury. That's uh, every year, usually January. Um, so we were at the Paramount theater in Asbury, uh, this past January, uh, for the final show. And sure enough, you know, Bruce came out, played a couple of songs with uh, some of the earlier acts, uh, and then did, uh, about a dozen songs with, uh, with Joe Gushecki and the house rockers. Nice. Um, which was just, uh, you know, amazing. Yeah. um, Not this past 4th of July, but the one before that, right, he made a surprise appearance for Southside. And I had a friend who who was from that area and um, he he came down. He he, we worked together. And um, when he he flew into Dallas, he's at the office and he. He says, not now, but I'm coming to see you. I'm like, okay. And so he came to yep. see me. I, I need to tell you a sad story, Jesse. I'm like, what? He's like, we had had a great day, 4th of July. And we were just laying there, and it's kind of, the weather's kind of bad. And my fiance looked over like, do we really want to go see Southside Johnny tonight? He's mm-hmm. like, well, I guess, you know, it's, 
I mean, you know, we've we've seen him plenty of times and everything. And he's like, yeah, I guess we'll just skip it this time. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the next day he went, what? How did I miss yep. this? So uh, I I said, that's one you're always going to miss. So I, I, yeah. I, I, you never know, right? No, no. I, I was at the July 4th, you know, annual Southside show uh, yeah. in Asbury. Uh, so, so when Bruce showed up last year in 2019, yeah. Um, I was at the show in 2018 uh, yeah. when he did not show up. Yeah. Um, Once again, so, continuing your pattern of, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, you never know. You now, never know. Now, how often have you guys gotten to go together? <clears throat> I think we counted seven. Okay. I've seen him 13 times total, and I've gotten to go to, I think, seven of them were with, were with Evan. Yeah, um, and what's there. cool tonight July 29th is we is will be the 21 year anniversary of the first concert that Evan and I went together at the Continental Airlines Arena. Very cool. Yep. That's nice. So uh, ironically yeah. too, I uh, I think when when Matt did the episode uh, with you several months back, uh, he was talking about experience with uh, with my older daughter Lauren uh, yeah. when she was you know three or four years old and. We were, he was here for a visit and, uh, we were in my car and, and, uh, a song came on the radio and, uh, he remembers cracking up to, you know, I lost my job at the Texaco station, her singing in the background. Yeah. Uh, from the song, I want to be with you, um, off of tracks. And, uh, I was just looking at the set list. So the, I think the first show we were at, uh, actually, we, we didn't go together, but we were both there, uh, was July 27th, uh, of 99. Uh, and I looked on, on Backstreet's uh, on set list, and ironically, I Want to Be With You is the first song of that show. Oh, how funny. Um, so the first song that the we ever saw Bruce play live was I Want to Be With You, which was my daughter Lauren's favorite song uh, when, she was, uh, when she was little. That's nice. That's yep. nice. What an odd song to start a show with. Yeah. It was awesome. But how many times yeah. has he ever – Started a show with that song ever again? I don't know. You know, we we talk about that. Uh, I just I just had Terry Smith on, and we're we're going to do a we're doing a series of episodes. We're going to every month we're going to take whatever the new archive out and kind of discuss it. And, yeah. But he was, and so it was a fun discussion. But we talked about you know that few years ago, right when. I think it was Charlotte where you opened with Iceman, and they're like, where, "Where did that come from? Like, okay, did you know? Is there yep. is there a bet somewhere? Like, hey, Bruce, right. you know, a hundred right, bucks if you obscure, pick yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, make make these people question what are they seeing? I think the long odds for least likely would be Bishop danced. Yeah, that would be. Uh, yeah, there is. Um, there is a great uh, novel called Beyond the Palace that mm-hmm. uh, Sarah Elizabeth Goodwin wrote, and it's all about um, this young guy and young girl kind of fall in love through a Springsteen tour, and uh, and it and it's a pretty good novel. I, I really enjoyed it, but one of the things they would do, and I, I growing, I, I did not till I started doing the podcast. I did, I was not. I was aware of Springsteen fandom, but not really aware. And they, one of the things they talked about, right, is when everyone's tailgating, you know, okay, you know, everyone throw a dollar into the pot, what is he going to open with, 
right? And um, mm-hmm. and so that's they talk about that a lot. That's that's a scene that's often in the book. And so I could yell like, okay, I've got Iceman. Okay, well I'm gonna <laughs> give you I'm giving you twenty to one odds on that, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah. The I, I did want to. I love the Lauren story. Any other stories like that about a, a song bonding the family? And then I want to get to, or do you guys have any disagreements? Like one of you likes one and one of them doesn't like the other. Um, so I don't know that there's other songs that bond the family. Uh, you know, Lauren growing up, uh, you know, I want to be with you. And, you know, even at, at three or four years old, uh, she was discerning enough to know that she preferred the uh, acoustic version of Thunder Road off of the Hammersmith Odeon okay. album uh, to, to the to the studio version. Yes. Uh, my my daughter Sammy, uh, not as big of a Bruce fan, yeah, uh, and, and and certainly is more of the party girl. She tends to think trend more towards like a, a Sherry Darling or an Out yeah. in the Street. Uh, those would be her, her two big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, now, how much of um, with the the stepchildren, like okay, you know I'm going to be in your life, so we might as well just mm-hmm. get this set this up right away, right? <laughs> yep. So uh, you, you know my my fiance Ilya, you know also grew up you know in sort of the same town that we did. Ironically, yeah. uh, you know we we went through middle school together uh, oh, without fun. knowing each other, yeah. um, and we've kind of you know ironically circled uh, uh, our paths throughout life uh, a little bit uh, until we finally met uh, a few years ago. Um, you know, she she wasn't a Bruce fan. You know, knew of him, but certainly wasn't a fan yeah. until she met me, uh, and as, you know, has become a huge fan now. So her kids, uh, you know, Chris and, and Joe and Olivia, uh, I think have had to uh, endure Bruce on yes. uh, in the car whenever they're driving around with her uh, on uh, on Sirius. And uh, you know, we took Joe uh, with my daughter Lauren. The four of us went. Uh, to one of the MetLife shows uh, in August of 2016. Uh, so that was, he's the only one that uh, uh, went to you know show. Um, so they they listen to it you know tolerate it as as teenagers will. Right. Uh, but I, you know I wouldn't say they're they're big fans necessarily, but uh, but they enjoy it. Yeah, and and, and to be expected. Um, I tell the story often, but like Pin Gillette, you know says that the very spirit of rock and roll is you should not like your parents music it, the, right. you know he he expects his kids not to like bob dylan or sure. the music because he says that's that's in rock and roll's dna um and so that's to be accepted and then you just hope they grow into it have a you guys mentioned this and i'm i'm always i take it your your parents were mets fans is your are you from a line of Mets fans? So our grandmother uh, yeah. was a diehard Met fan uh, up until you know when she died in, at the age yeah. of ninety three. Yeah. Um, you know I, I don't think our father was a huge baseball yeah. fan. Uh, you know we, we were never one of those you know diehard families yeah. and uh, anything like that. Um, but you know certainly came from uh, from our grandma, Grandma Chick, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're always more of a, of a Mets family than, uh, than the Yankees, for sure. Because when Chris went to – my son went to um, one of the Mets shows in August at time. We went to the second one. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that fascinated him, because he's grown up here in Dallas, 
he was Ron. So therefore, he will quickly tell you he is a he was born in '89. He was he was born a week before Jerry Jones bought the team and fired Landry. He says, "So I am a Landry baby. I am you know." So he is a diehard Cowboy fan. Um, adores the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, you know Texas Rangers. In fact, last Friday was the home opener for the Rangers and. Um, Chris is like, and eh, we'll just watch a couple of innings, but you know, you know, it's baseball and we end up having the game on the whole night, you know, and mm-hmm. just the beauty of baseball, right. Is he and I just got to talk and we got to visit and we got to see the new park and we talked about, gosh, it w- it'll be great when we get to see it. But he asked a lot of people, okay, how do you decide to become a Giants fan or a Jets fan or a Yankee fan? Because they're all there. They're all there. And yeah. the answer was it's family. You just your it's it's tradition of family. Is that would you guys agree with that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. It uh, you know I, I don't know too many. So I, I work in in Princeton, uh, New Jersey. Uh, yeah. So I'd say that you know the majority of folks in my office you know have come from Jersey have come from, you know, just on the other side of the border in yeah. Pennsylvania. Uh, so where I work, you know, you get a mix of sort of New York team fans and Philly fans. Right. Uh, you know, and, and as much as I love my coworkers and friends, there's really nothing worse in this world than a Philadelphia sports fan, let's be honest. Yes. No disrespect to my set lusting Bruce fans. Uh, they always joke with me. I did not know I could ever be friends with a cowboy fan, but I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, Bruce, Bruce sues all, ba- you know, the wounds, but yes. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's very much, you know, family, family dynamic. You know, you're either a Mets family or a Yankees family. You're either a Giants family or a Jets family. Yeah. Um, now, now, Matt, moving, have you, you've adopted, you've obviously the soccer team, you know, so you've adopted new teams, but you haven't left your loyalty from your roots, correct? All right. So I was a weird kid. I grew up in New Jersey as a diehard Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas, bad boys fan. Um, Yes. I was, I was nine years old when they won their first championship, but I jumped right on that bandwagon. Um, Isaiah Thomas, Lake Charles, Louisiana, went to McNeese state. No, Joe Dumars, Joe Dumars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. Um, I, I, I have always looked at sports as like I I root for the players and not the teams. I yes. I have a weird way of of making it that way. Sure. Um, I you know when I lived in Chicago, I became a Cubs fan. I, only because they're there and you can yeah. watch them every day, and there's people you can talk baseball with. Uh, in L.A., I had friends who were Laker fans, so I started following the Lakers. I like the sport so i'm just gonna yeah, watch so not as much because um, we he's often thought about that that if he moved out of dallas like he he would assume he would just keep that loyalty he might you know just out of like okay if he lived you know in denver he may just yeah. go to see um you know the rockies or you know the you know the Broncos, but it wouldn't. He wouldn't move his, um, you know, loyalty. So very cool. Yeah. Um, I did ask, and do you, do you guys have any fun musical arguments as brothers, like about one liking one album better than the other, or anything at all? 
so well, just recently, you know, I think Matthew was a a, a much a uh, much bigger fan of Western stars than I was off the bat. Uh, wasn't a huge fan of the album initially. It's grown on me since. Uh, and I think I definitely like the, uh, the live version, uh, recorded in the barn, you know, a lot better. Um, but I don't know that we've had too many disagreements beyond. We, we didn't, I don't feel like we overlapped our, our teenage years as being Springsteen fans all that much. I feel like there was a time where I was way more into it than you were. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when I left, you got super into it. And I, I kind of was surprised like in our twenties, when you said you were starting to go to a lot more shows, like the rising tour and the magic tour. And yeah. I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize Evan was so into it as I, as I had been. Um, but I got into it because of Evan. I, I mean, what I, it, it took, you know, obviously we were huge fans when we were children of Born in the USA, but we didn't really get into it in, in high school in our teenage years when you really do start to understand rock and roll much more. Um, but it was Evan who got me to into it more. I guess I was a freshman in high school and he was a senior and it was that Born to Run Nets video that you made. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so I think I took a, a TV production class uh, in high school uh, as an elective. And, you know, one of the, the requirements of the class was, you know, making a, a music video or, you know, just piecing clips together and like literally splicing it on a video machine. Um, so we were, you know, we were huge basketball fans at the time, uh, partic- particularly the, uh, the New Jersey Nets before uh, they moved to Brooklyn. Um so I made a, a video of highlights from, you know, the, the season that year uh, from a bunch of games that I recorded at home, uh, you know, and, and I think the background music I, I used was uh, was Born to Run. Uh, you know, I had a couple of friends in high school who were also, you know, big Nets and Bruce fans. Uh, so, you know, we, we kind of just did it, you know, really as like a goof, um, you know, without taking it too seriously. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I still have that videotape somewhere. Uh, in a, in a box. Uh, That's I just fine. need to find a VCR to play it on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and Evan had the CDs. He, he, I think you had Born to Run. You had uh, the Greatest Hits disc. Yep. And you had uh, Live 7585 that you bought in Eatontown. I believe you're right. And so I, I would borrow those, you know, while you were still home. And then, you know, with sophomore year, you went off to college. Or sophomore year of my high school, you weren't off to be a freshman in college. And, I kind of went there and and got super into it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to think, too, like at the time as I was, you know, sort of late teenage years to, you know, certainly through high school and into college, uh, you know, through the mid to late 90s, you know, Bruce wasn't putting out new music. Right. Uh, He certainly wasn't cool, uh, you know, in any way. That was the height of the grunge era. So, you know, I think at the time my tastes, you know, gravitated more towards, you know, Soundgarden and Pearl Jam and. Nirvana, you know, which sure. you know, all bands that I'm still huge fans of today. Peter, Paul, um, and Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Cap- <laughs> the Captain and Tennille had a big album that year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was grunge, one borrowed from you. Grunge, uh, you know, those were the grunge years, and, and Bruce right. wasn't putting out new music. So, you know, he was there, but, you know, kind of, I think, probably relegated to the background for, for a number of those years. Uh, and then I'd say it was probably, you know, with the, the release of The Rising uh, after 9-11, um, that I, you know, my interest probably, you know, sort of got reinvigorated and, uh, you know, with, with new music and starting to release more albums at that point, 
you know, I, I think that's where I became more Matt, of an avid fan. Matt, did you have a drift off too, like when you, you know, got out of high school and went, or did you consistently just kind of stay connected? I I was I stayed yeah I stayed connected I didn't go to many shows in in the two thousands right um, but yeah no I I was I but then he the some of the albums he put out in the two thousands I wasn't that into initially Magic I never yeah. really got into Devils and Dust I never got into yeah um, I like the Seeger Sessions album but in that time I I was in my twenties and I couldn't afford tickets yeah exactly and Evans and I was living in L A. Uh, but yeah. Evan was in Jersey, so Evan was making money, and he could go to as many shows in Jersey as there were. I mean, there were yeah. there were stands in Brooklyn. I think he went to like five shows. What did you went to a ton of shows that way, right? Um, we did a couple. Yeah, I mean, he had the you know the tour at Giant Stadium. I think in 2008. Uh, yeah. I know I went to a couple there. Uh, you know, oh nine. I think they had another long run. Uh, that fall. Uh, so when did you when did when did you feel like you got more into him? Like, cause you it was you probably were in mid twenties. Yeah, so like probably two thousand seven, two thousand eight. You know that that's you know I think when I I mean I think up until that point I had been to like three or four shows. The, the first couple that we went to in ninety nine. I think yeah. I went to one in 03 uh, at the Meadowlands, um, and that was it. And and then you know starting in 07, you know. Couple you know seven, couple in oh eight, couple in oh nine, like that's when it became okay, he's going on tour, I gotta get tickets. Was it more all of a sudden you were at a place in your life where you could afford it and yeah, you had much. the time? Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I could afford it. Uh you know, my my best friend Barry, uh, you know, who I've you know, seen a, a ton of we sort of at similar points in our lives. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were able to, to start going to a bunch of shows together. Yeah. So Skype just burped, but yeah. can you still hear me? I can still yeah. hear and see okay, you. Okay, good. All right. I can't see Matt. No, I can't see Matt either. Um, but can you hear us, Matt? I can hear you. And okay. I can see Evan. Okay, good. All right. Um, yeah, uh, I, 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 I was a casual fan, like like everyone else, you know, loved Born in the USA. I even mm-hmm. remember liking Tunnel of Love, and I bought the live disc. But I don't remember, like, you know, I didn't buy Lucky Town or, you know, right. those. And um, I remember picking up the greatest hits. Uh, but um, it was me, is after 9-11, that iconic – performance on that uh telethon where mm-hmm. they did my city of runes you know kind of and and i went oh my goodness and then got rising and then 2002 was my first show and then it was like okay i, I need to do this and as you go you right. get more and more um passionate slash obsessed so absolutely yeah yeah so evan do you do you track at all with like liking an album at a particular time in your life like i feel i feel like i've been i've gravitated more to the albums in sort of chronological order because i was really getting into them when i was 16 and that's who greetings and wild the innocent you know that's those are the characters in those in those Mm -hmm. albums and then is born to you know as as you get older he gets older and his albums are geared to a specific sort of time in your life 
Sure. Do you feel like you had that experience at all or, or not as much? Um, I don't know that it was sort of contemporaneous at the same time, but looking back now, there are certainly, I mean, look, my, my all time favorite album is Darkness on the Edge of Town. And, and Darkness, the song is my, by far my all time number one song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, five, six years ago, as I was, you know, going through a, a separation and divorce, like that album held me together through some, right. you know, tough, tough times. Um, you know, and, and as you go through adulthood, you know, and, and start to, you know, probably first think about your own mortality for the first time in your life, yeah. you know, you, you see that the, the change in Bruce's songwriting, uh, you know, and the evolution and the things that he wrote about. Uh, and, and continues to write about, um, you know, at 50, 60, 70 years old, like you're not writing about chasing girls and driving fast cars anymore. Yeah. Uh, like, like the first couple albums, right? It's certainly more, um, social issues and, you know, life and, and heartache and, you know, all the things that we experience going through life. Um, so, you know, I, I think I appreciate different albums now and different albums mean different things to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on different circumstances in life, for sure. You know, um, speaking of, you know, Independence Day was not a song that, one way or another, I mean, it was not a bad song, it just was a mm-hmm. song. And uh, and then when he did the River Tour, and he started telling the story about yeah. his father and him, and, um, and the idea that someone in their late 60s was in other words when he wrote the song he was looking from the son to the father perspective and then now that he's singing it and he's more familiar with the father to son perspective really spoke to me and that song has now grown up to be you know on my list of favorites it's risen up because of the the power of that the idea of two people loving each other and just don't know how to say and i think as a father i understand that more than i ever would just as uh, either a young married person or before i married I, I i wouldn't have understood that song right yeah absolutely uh, i mean i can distinctly remember um you know in high school probably my, my junior or senior year in in the english class um, you know, my English teacher using my father's house as, you know, an example of a song to analyze. And, and I remember yeah. that, that day and that, le- that lesson. And, you know, I was a Bruce fan, but I'm like, my father's house, like, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard of that song. Yeah. Nebraska, like, who's ever listened to Nebraska? Yeah. I'm 16, 17 years old. Like, I never listened to Nebraska at that point. Um, but then, you know, to come back around and, and to see that on Broadway, uh, yeah. you know, when you did the intro to that and, and, you know, to hear it from that perspective, you know, as an adult, you go, wow, like that, that is pretty meaningful. And, and you know, he certainly was writing from a, a place of you know, a lot of darkness and, and pain growing up that you know, I think he's wrestled with his whole life. Yeah. And I, I do think that we've been lucky as fans with the autobiography, with Broadway and even Western stars, the film, mm-hmm. he has shared a lot of his life. And the yeah. struggles he's had, and and I think that has made him seem more human and, and more relatable. Um, sure. So um, I asked this when Matt was with us, but when he tours again, are there songs that are on your wish list 
Evan, that you have not heard live that you wish you could? Um, I don't think so. Okay. You know, I, I think I've you know heard uh, at least once pretty much any song that I would ever want to hear. Okay. Um, you know, again, with Darkness being my all-time favorite, I've certainly seen that in you know the arena and, and yeah. uh, stadium shows multiple times. Um, but, you know, this past January when uh, we were at the Light of Day show and, mm-hmm. and he did that, you know, you're on a, a small stage and a small theater oh, that's nice. in, uh, in in Asbury Park, uh, you know, he's 50 feet away. That was pretty uh, you know, that, yeah. that That was huge. Yeah, that's good. Um, all right. Before we give you a chance to answer the Mary question, anything else mm-hmm. I should have anything else I should have brought up? Matt, what am I forgetting? Not much. Okay. We got it. All right, Evan. Any okay? Anything I should have asked you that I um, didn't? Uh, no, I don't think so. We've okay. uh, covered a lot of ground. Yeah, good, good. Well, it's a lot of fun. All right, so um, so I just recently my friend uh, Bob said that the Mary question has become my James Lipton. You know, at the end <laughs> of the actor's studio where he asks all those same questions to everyone, he says, this has kind of been your thing. But um, I'm sure you heard it when you listened to his episode. But uh, mm-hmm. Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher in the Philly area. And every year he does like your English teacher. They take Thunder Road. They break down the poem as a poem, going through all the lyrics, talking about um, the imagery of the song. And at the end of it, he asks the question, does Mary get in the car? So, Evan, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car? Uh, no, I don't think she does. Um, it, uh, you know, I, I've heard, uh, you know, on, on the episode that Matthew did and, and a couple of others, I listened to uh, a bunch of different answers, but, but I don't think she does. Uh, and I think if you look at the songs that Bruce continued to write, uh, you know, post, post that album, uh, you know, he, he was still chasing after the cars and chasing after the girls. And I don't think, you know, I think it was a, a, uh, uh, you know, he wanted the happy ending in that song, uh, that she gets in and, you know, everybody lives happily ever after. Um, but I, she, I don't think she does, uh, because he continued to write about that chase and trying to find the right person and his soulmate, uh, for, for many years after that. Nice. Very good. Good well, answer. Far, That's a What's good that? answer. That's a good answer. That is a very good answer. So what you're saying is if she got in the car, there would be no rest of the album. Potentially, sure. You know, does he write, uh, you know, the same dark songs on, on Darkness, on the river, uh, you know, all the albums after that? Uh, I, I don't know. You know, certainly all the songs were informed by life experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I think if you listen to the lyrics, so a lot of what was on The Promise uh, you know, those songs were written in the Darkness era, I believe. Yeah. You know, it, it certainly doesn't sound like he he found the girl and that they rode away uh, together happily ever after, or not. You know, it yeah. didn't work out that way. So um, my next plan, and I've just I've, I don't have this down yet, but I'm, I'm I want to have um, a few people um, who've been married, both maybe long marriages, new marriages multiple marriages, but I want to have a discussion. Um, is the couple in the river a happy marriage or a successful marriage? Because I think just because they. his, yeah, the statement of him, 
you know, Mary acts like she don't care, you know, I remember, does not necessarily mean it's not a successful marriage. And we know in real life it is a very successful marriage. His sister and her husband have stayed together. They mm -hmm. they are still together. And I, I'm, I'm percolating on an episode of that sometime to get a sure. few people on and talk about that. So um, that's my next thing in my laboratory I'm working on. No, I think it's a it's an interesting topic because I think a lot of the songs, like the river, were written with his you know his sister and probably others uh, yeah. based on on their experience. Yeah. Um, you know, you get to an album like Ton of Love, right? I think that was it was sort of post post divorce. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you can see how those songs are uh, are influenced by that. Yeah, I, um, absolutely. You know, and, and certainly with later albums where he. Talks more about you know a happy marriage or yeah, exactly. the challenges the challenges of, of any relationship, um, and you can either you know endure them and make it work uh, indefinitely, or you go through some pain sometimes, uh, as he did, as I have, yeah, uh, and and hopefully you find that happiness on the other side. Yeah, well said, well said, sir. Uh, all right, uh, if someone wants to reach you guys. Um, are you um, on social media at all? Uh, Matt, go ahead and reshare yours. Uh, Twitter, Grilled Cheese Grill. Very nice. Sorry. All right. Uh, Evan, yeah, are yeah. you? On, on Twitter, uh, at NotoriousEIB. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Okay. Very nice. Well, um, I appreciate Evan and Matt. Matt, this was so great. I'm so glad you... Um, convinced Evan to join me. I, I hope you guys had as much fun as I did. It took no convincing. I asked him, he said yes. <laughs> well, that is nice to hear. Well, sure. um, you guys, both of you, please stay safe. Um, yes, you, you know, this is this is a scary time, and so uh, listeners, the same thing for you. Wash your hands. Uh, keep the right distance away. Wear an effing mask, as Bruce says, and we'll all get through this together. For now, we'll see you further down the road, and we'll talk to you soon. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast. 
that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.